If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Dribble, lets it fly. He throws it! FNTSY and Sports Grid Network present Ball in his hands. Game on the line. Buddy, no. Tipped up by Nance. Hit the horn! Hardwood takeaways. It's Lillard. He got the shot off. What's up and welcome in. It is a brand new year, 2020, the very first edition of Hardwood Takeaways right here on SportsGrid. I'm your host today, Chris Welsh. You can find me on Twitter at VisitTheWelsh. Hopefully you had a safe and very happy new year. There's some stuff to cover around the NBA. We were off for a day. We're back. Today we'll be breaking down the games that we had on January 1st, which was a four-game slate. There was some interesting news across the board. But we start the show off with um, some sad news, some unfortunate news. As a very big pillar of the NBA for many, many years, especially if you're, you know, 25 or older, you know, this is a prominent person in your life if you cared about the NBA, is we lost David Stern. David Stern passed away 
uh, at the age of 77. It was due to the result of, uh, it was a brain hemorrhage. He'd actually suffered three weeks ago, and it had kind of put him in a critical condition, and it finally came to head here right as, to, as 2020 came past. And uh, it's a big deal. I mean, David Stern was kind of the pinnacle of commissioners for a long time, you know? I mean, he changed basketball in in huge, huge ways, was such a prominent force. A lot of people coming out, a lot of comments across the board from... Um, you know, obviously Adam Silver had some comments. Players were speaking out. I know LeBron James had jumped on uh, Instagram. An interesting one, Michael Jordan, you know, because he came in in 1984. And I actually want to give you a couple facts about David Stern if you didn't know them. But he took over the NBA in 1984. And it was kind of at like this impasse, you know, for the sport. And if you think about him coming in at 84, think about the talent he's crossed, you know, the people that he was there to see from, you know, Michael Jordan to LeBron James to Kobe Bryant. And uh, Michael Jordan, who is the owner of the Charlotte Hornets, said without David Stern, the NBA would not be what it is today. He guided the league through turbulent times and grew the league into an international phenomenon, creating opportunities that few could have imagined before. Uh, he also said his vision and leadership provided me, Michael Jordan, with the global stage that allowed me to succeed, David had a deep love for the game of basketball and demanded excellence for those around him, and I admired him for that. I wouldn't be where I am without him. I offer my deepest sympathies to Diane and his family. Uh, his wife had also made comments, you know, she was saying she had like 22 years of courtside seats, you know, with watching uh, David Stern in action. And... You know, he had there, there's some prominent things that stand out to me for David Stern that he had in his time. And I found this um, I found this article that I just want to read a couple that was going through some facts and starting with I think this is a really interesting one of something he did for basketball was in his initial year in 1984 for the 84, 85 season. He enacted a salary cap, and it was the first time that this was put into play. The idea here was this um, leveled the competitive playing field. Before the salary cap, teams could just kind of spend what they wanted. During the first season that they had a salary cap, check this out and imagine this for a minute. Teams were each limited to a $3.6 million payroll. Total. <laughs> Total. Point making... No, like the average NBA salary now, I believe, is $4 million per player. And this was a $3.6 million total team payroll. So this is something that he enacted. Another thing that he brought when he got in was um, much more stringent drug testing rules. So as soon as he took over, he implemented drug testing. The NBA became the first major sport in North America that had one. Mark Stein had wrote in a New York uh, Times piece, he says, the league incurred further damage to its image after a report in the Los Angeles Times in August 1980 that estimated that 40 to 75 percent of its players had used cocaine. In the ensuing 1980 to 81 season, 16 of 23 teams reportedly lost money. With Stern, when he was elevated to executive vice president in November 1980, he negotiated a drug testing policy in 83 making the NBA the first major sport league in North America to implement one. Now, one that stands out to me, this was probably in my early 20s, and I just I remember this being a big thing, was David Stern. And this was kind of uh, when you heard Michael Jordan talking about demanding excellence. This was something that David Stern, I think, will probably be no more known for, was he implemented a dress code. So it was prior to the 15-16 season, 
Stern approved a league decision to change its dress code policy. The policy banned players from wearing headphones, chains, shorts, sleeveless shirts, indoor sunglasses, t-shirts, jerseys, and headgear such as baseball caps. Uh, This article states and talks about how Allen Iverson at the time had criticized this policy because there was a feel that the NBA was targeting like a hip-hop culture. Iverson had said, I don't think it's good for the league. It makes it look fake targeting uh, guys who, you know, dress in hip hop. And I think they went overboard. This policy is still in effect, by the way, uh, 15 years, 15 years into it. And, you know, it was kind of stated a little bit before, but the other big thing was what he did financially for the league. The article talks about, you know, the prosperity as far as maybe the biggest legacy was that he might be best known for leading the league into the, as they title it, the greatest economic prosperity during the 80s and 90s. NBA teams expanded into Canada, saw franchises increase from 10 to 30 since 1966, and also started televising games around the world. This is obviously before, um, you know, a little bit before. Noted in a USA Today Sports article, Stern's financial uh, highlights as he leaves a profitable business generating more than $5.5 billion annually, an average player salary of more than $4 million rising franchise valuations, millions of fans worldwide, and a $1 billion a year TV rights deal that uh, will increase after the current deal expired. This was a little bit before in 2016. So the idea was this is when he was leaving. This is the legacy that he left. 30 years, 30 years of interaction, game-changing ideas. Um, you know, other leagues are, it's all, it, what's funny about it is, what David Stern did into the early 80s into further on as he's gone, it was he went into the late uh, early 2000s, he did stuff. He was kind of a trailblazer for commissioners to feel more, at least I feel, this is just for me, to feel more empowered to go and take the steps to make league-changing rules. You know, Bud Selick in uh, MLB, he, he was obviously, his hand was forced because the league had a just absolutely blatant and apparent drug issue, a steroid PED issue that was going on. And I'm not so sure I would label him as someone that was emboldened more than probably forced. But, I mean, that's one of the reasons that made David Stern even better. You know, even better, his his proactiveness into his sport. And, you know, just now we see Major League Baseball trying to make drastic changes and drastic moves to speed up the game, make the be- the game better. There's negotiating deals with minor league baseball and changing drafts. And the NFL going through similar things are talking about expansion. You know, they've changed the rules over the last 10 years. They they kind of went against the grain of like, you know, highlighted big hits and they decided to start changing the game. Once again, I would point out because their hand was forced with CTE, it wasn't like they got ahead of it. CTE was kind of thrown into their face and then they were uh, reactive where David Stern was proactive. And that's what made him, I think, um, an exceptionally, exceptionally great commissioner. 30 years of the sport. I mean, you know, 80s, 90s, 2000s, he was there, still a force in the NBA, revered across the league. Uh, It's sad. So I thought it was worthwhile mentioning, you know, because David Stern did a lot and he had a lot of other crazy public stuff. Not crazy necessarily in a bad way, just people popping up memories of David Stern's Jim Rome interview about the fix and the draft, which I just came across and was like, wow, forgot about that. And, you know, interactions with guys like Darren Ravel shared one of, how, you know, they would kind of poke at each other and David Stern 
you know, sent him this old outdated basketball autograph and said, I don't know what to do with this. So I thought I'd give it to you as, you know, Ravel would write critical things. And, you know, Stern, he was a, he was, he was a personality. And I think where we see so many commissioners, like I just kind of stated, so many are reactive to their sport. He was one of the few that was proactive and it's a loss. It's a loss to the NBA community. Luckily, the NBA is in good hands with Adam Silver. And I think a lot know that, but we lost David Stern, age 77, on the first day of the new year, one one twenty. So uh, thoughts and prayers to the family. And it's good to share some of the stuff if maybe you didn't know or maybe you forgot. It's good to think about that because David Stern should be revered as you know time goes on and you think about what the sport lost. Now, turning the page, let's go talk about some NBA that did go down. There's only four games. But there were a lot of nuggets, a lot of nuggets to pick out of uh, these things. Like, let's go to the first game. Wizards, they hosted the Magic. And first things first, Jonathan Isaac. This was a big story and a huge fear for a lot of people because Jonathan Isaac went down, uh, um, which we now have found out is a hyperextension of, of his knee, but had to be carted off. Ugh. I had people hitting me up like, oh my God, is he done? Is he out? Is he? And we said, I don't know. We got to wait. Um, they confirmed that it was a hyperextension. He'll have an MRI uh, probably today as you're listening to this to, you know, give us further like are there, you know, is there what's what's torn? How bad is this going to be? Is this a light situation? I do believe I saw a report late last night that did say that the thought is that uh, he's OK. I think, oh, yeah, it was Jonathan Isaac. He said he's confident that he's OK. Um, but hopefully there is no major structural damage, but he went down, you know, within minutes, he, he logged two minutes in this game. So he wasn't able to obviously do much. So that was a big fear. Uh, the magic were able to get the win though, regardless of this, uh, led off the bench by DJ Augustine, 31 minutes. He dropped 25 points with nine assists. He was seven for 15, uh, in the starting line lineup, Markel Fultz, uh, 22 minutes, very efficient, 16 points, four rebounds, eight assists with two steals. That team has done a really good job of maintaining him, uh, not putting too much of a workload on him and allowing him to find success in short amount of times. So just wait until they start unleashing him. Uh, Vucevic had a double-double, 20 points, 12 rebounds, two assists in 31 minutes. He was 8 for 20 from the field. Evan Fournier had 18. And Terrence Ross off the bench, 15 points, almost nothing else, uh, 6 for 10 from the field. They hit 12 threes. They were 47% total from the field. Uh, Over on the Wizards side, the only double-digit score. In fact, he scored more points than the entire rest of the starting lineup combined. Bradley Beal scored 27 points with four rebounds, five assists. Hit a couple threes, eight for 20 from the field. But Isaiah Thomas, Peyton, uh, Mahimi, and Williams all scored under the 27 points. If I can do the quick math, it looks like 11, 13, 17 points total between the rest of them. Uh, the bench, they did chip in. Brown Jr., 14 points with seven rebounds. McCray coming off of a, a good game the other day, 15 points with seven rebounds. Matthews getting more minutes, so opportunity for Garrison. Uh, 10 points in 17 minutes. I'll hit a three in there. And Ish Smith had 10 points with five rebounds. The team only shot 29%, though, from three and 37% from the field. The Magic moved to 15 and 19 
on the year. The road games have been their um, have been their struggle. Their kryptonite. They're now five and twelve though on the road. Wizards they go to ten and twenty three. They've got uh, half of their wins have come from home. You would hope a little bit more. But the good positive news is that it looks like you know one of the kind of like up and coming. You could almost look at him as like the Pascal Siakam of this year, as far as like a breakout, um, you know, maybe a, a most improved player of the year type of guy. We didn't lose him for the year in Jonathan Isaac, so looks like he should be okay. Next up, the Knicks took down the Trailblazers at home, one seventeen to ninety three. On the Trailblazers side, Carmelo Anthony returning to New York, always in the fanfare. I think they even played some little montage video for him. Uh, he played 31 minutes. He had a big night, 26 points, led the team with seven rebounds, hit three threes, was 11 for 17 from the field. Hassan Whiteside, a double-double, 17 and 12 with three blocks. Damian Lillard, quiet night, almost a triple-double though, 11 points, 10 rebounds, eight assists, five for 20 oof, from the field. CJ McCollum, six for 16, 17 points with four rebounds, four assists, hit three threes in this one. The team as a whole hit 10. Eight of those came from the starting lineup. They shot under 40% from the field. That's why it got away from them. Also, the Knicks continue to pile on. The Knicks actually scored more points every single quarter of the game. 25, 26, 32, 34. They continued to get better as Portland just waffled. Over on the Knicks side, Julius Randle led the way. 22 points with 13 rebounds. Had three assists. Also three threes in 30 minutes. Very good night. Morris, 18 points with seven rebounds. The rest of the starting lineup was pretty quiet, but off the bench, Mitchell Robinson had a killer night. He played 27 minutes, scored 22 points, 8 rebounds, but was a perfect 11 for 11 from the field. Awesome. Bobby Portis, 17 points, 6 rebounds in 21 minutes, and Bullock, 11 points in 15 minutes. The team hit 14 threes and shot just under 50%, 48% to be exact, and a big win. That's a big win over the Portland Trailblazers, who have really, really underperformed this year. It's actually like wildly surprising. Uh, the Bucks, they hosted the Timberwolves and they won 106 to 104. The Bucks are now 30 and five, staying atop the power rankings for everybody. And the Wolves are dropped to 12 and 20. Over on the Wolves side, they were without their stars. So the starting lineup was led by Napier and Culver. Napier scored 22 with four threes in this one. Culver, 10, eight and five in 33 minutes. Rob Covington had a Bad shooting night. Well, it really wasn't even bad. He just didn't put up anything. He put up four shots, made two of them seven points, but did have 11 rebounds with three assists and three steals. Over on the bench, you had a lot of Akoji put up 12, Reed put up 11, Noel put up 12. I mean, there, there was some production off the bench, but they were just lacking. I mean, there was no Jeff Teague, no Andrew Wiggins, no Carl Anthony Towns. Under 40% across the board, 37% from the field. It's amazing that they kind of were able to keep guard in this one uh, as a whole. Over on the Bucks side, GA, he had a big rebound day, 17 rebounds to go with 32 points, four assists, and two blocks in 31 minutes. Uh, Chris Middleton, 13 points with eight rebounds. Eric Bledsoe, minutes are starting to creep up a little bit. He got 20, 10.6 rebounds. Brooke Lopez had 11. A lot of chip-ins off the bench, nobody of note. 25% though from three, that hurt them nine of 36, but 42% from the field that kept them in it. So Wolves, they, it wasn't a pretty game. Bucks were able to hold off the Wolves and uh, get their 30th win of the year. And then the final one, it's actually not completely done as I'm talking to you about this, but it is uh, and has been an absolute blowout. Um, the fourth quarter is upon us. The Lakers are walking into the fourth quarter with a hundred points, 101 to 79 going into the fourth quarter. 
The um, the Lakers scored 43 points in the first quarter to Phoenix's 17. This game is far, far and far over. Uh, Devin Booker going into the fourth quarter has 25 points, six assists. Uh, Kelly Oubre 21 and six. The rest of the entire team has been a disaster. Uh, DeAndre Ayton off the bench played 20 minutes going into the fourth, has eight points, nine rebounds, three for nine from the field. I mean, five of 15 from three. They put up no threes. They weren't making them. Field goal percentages didn't even matter because the Lakers have absolutely dominated. Anthony Davis and LeBron James go into the fourth with 23 points. LeBron James steps into the start of the fourth quarter with a triple-double. 23 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists. They both played 30 minutes. They probably shouldn't play anymore. Uh, Avery Bradley has 18 points off the bench. Kyle Kuzma, 17 I mean, it's been an absolute domination as there's a 22-point lead going into the fourth quarter. So Phoenix is going to drop their 21st game of the year, and the Lakers are going to pick up their 27th one. So triple-double from LeBron James, big night, and uh, thank God we didn't lose Jonathan Isaac, all those good things, and a good remembrance of a fantastic commissioner. You know, I mean, there definitely, you know, there could be mixed feelings about those type of things, but what he did for the game was definitely, you know, the NBA for David Stern was first. And I think that was always pretty prevalent. So that is it. That's all I got for hardwood takeaways. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the small slate with a little look at uh, the past of David Stern. You can find me on Twitter at is it the Welsh and make sure you're subscribed to hardwood takeaways wherever podcasts are. And you can take Bogman and I with you all throughout the week. Bogman will be back to wrap up the end of the week. So make sure you're tuned into that. I am Chris Welsh. This is hardwood takeaways. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.